Where did I go wrong? How did this happen? Mary, my Mary, of all the girls in Galilee, surely not Mary. How could she do this to me? Why did she deceive me so long? Didn't she think anyone would notice? Did she think she could just ignore this? <laughs> How on earth did this happen? Whose is it? I suppose she never dreamed she'd get pregnant. They never do. Now that I think about it, it does seem strange that she went off to her aunt's house. And the way she acted, I don't get it. Oh, Lord, what has gotten in to Mary? Here I thought she was special. I thought she was different from the others. I thought, I thought she was so innocent and pure. Now this, what on earth? You'd think she'd be upset, distraught, crying, at least embarrassed, but, but no. She almost, she almost seems downright happy. Ah. What on earth should I do? I know what Moses teaches. Call the elders. Let everyone know. Can you imagine? Uh, back in his day, I suppose they'd stone her. We don't do that anymore, but the embarrassment of it all. At least they'd shun her, run her out of the village. I know what the Torah says, but how can I do that to Mary? Mary, my Mary, how can this be? I thought you loved me. At least that's what you said, that you loved me. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Answer me. Why do you ignore me? What am I supposed to do? Mary, what should I do, Lord? Should she be punished? Should I ignore it? Oh, heaven, help me. Being single was hard enough after all those years, but now this, this is ridiculous. Give my heart to someone and this is what happens? Hmm. God, where are you when I need you? Where are you? I need you. Do something. Say something. Uh, come on, Joe, collect yourself. Get a grip. Be a man. Step up to the plate. You've got to do something. You can't ignore this. What are your options? Well, I can tell the elders. They'll deal with it all right. Uh, I can talk to Mary again. Another story. I can, I could go see Eli, the judge. I could go see Eli. Draw up some papers, give them to Mary, keep it quiet on the down low. I could see Eli. Hmm. Not many people have to know. I think that's it. Maybe I'll, I'll just talk to Eli. Maybe I'll go in the morning to Eli's house and, and quickly and quietly we'll get through this. We'll get it over. Somehow I'll move on. I've got to, I've got to do something. Well, hmm. Tomorrow. We'll go tomorrow. But now, sleep. I need to sleep. Ah. Ah. It's not even daylight yet. It's still dark. 
Was I dreaming? What was that about? What really happened? That was weird. What, what was going on there? An, an angel? Could it possibly be an, an angel? Or somehow, God knows I love Mary. Am I somehow just into some psychological thing of getting along with her and believing this story? What, what was that all about? Are my feelings playing a trick on me? Is God playing a trick on me? The angel said she was pregnant, right? But not by man. It was God. Said the baby was a boy and that I should name him Jesus because he will save us from our sins. Wow. Am I really smart enough just to dream that up? I don't think so. Maybe it was an angel. How can I be sure? Am I just being suckered into believing Mary's story? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, but something inside me says I, I have to trust God. Go for it. Believe the angel. Surely God wouldn't trick me. So no, I'm not going to go see Eli this morning. No papers. I'll marry her. I'll marry Mary. I don't understand, but somehow I feel good about this. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, this. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relationship with her until she had borne him a son, and he named him Jesus. We're on a, on a journey here at First Baptist, entering into the mystery of Christmas. And on the first Sunday of Advent, I gave you one word, and I invited you to enter the mystery of Christmas... And we said, wait, wait. And I encourage you with that word. Why don't you read these scriptures with me about waiting? Wait for the Lord and be strong. And take heart and wait for the Lord. Another, another scripture. You ready? I wait for the Lord and my soul waits. And in his word I put my hope. On that Sunday, we allowed Simeon and Anna to lead us into waiting. Wait, not work. Wait, not worry. Wait on the Lord. Enter the mystery of Christmas. See what happens. Last week, on the second Sunday of Advent, I gave you a different word. We looked at a different story from the Christmas stories, the birth narratives. And on that Sunday, I said the next word is, listen. Enter the mystery of Christmas I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, that's bad. What was the word last Sunday? Give, that's right. Uh, I am excited about today, but let's go to last Sunday. Uh, last Sunday we said, let's give. And uh, we talked about the story of the Magi and their coming in to see Jesus and how they bowed down and worshipped him. And after they had opened their hearts, they opened their treasures and they gave gifts. And I challenged us to, to give, to give ourselves, not so much money, but to give ourselves to Jesus this season. 
And in encouraging you that, I was thinking this past week of my favorite Christmas song, Oh Holy Night. And the chorus of that song talks about doing what the shepherds did, talks about doing what the wise men did. You remember the chorus? Fall on your knees, oh hear the angel voices, oh night divine, oh holy night divine. And that's the idea, that as we enter the mystery of Christmas, we fall down and worship, we give ourselves again to God. And so I encourage you this season to wait on the Lord, to give yourself to the Lord. And today, on this third Sunday of Advent, I want to encourage you to listen. Enter the mystery of Christmas and listen. Listen. Listen to what God might say to you. In uh, the story, we are told of Joseph that after he had considered this, that is the dream that he saw, or not the dream, but the, uh, the story that Mary told him. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I think it's actually impossible for you to know God if you don't listen. Consider this with me. If you go back to the very first story in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, the very first couple, Adam and Eve, in the end of that chapter, after all of creation and God has created men and women in his own image, the Bible says this, God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said to them, you hear that? He said to them, when somebody says something to you, you have to what? You either listen or you ignore. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about having dominion over it, ruling over it, and so forth. God said to them, and that first couple listened to God, and they had their mission for life. He told them what to do. Now, you go a few more pages, they had children, and one of their children was named Cain, and God came to him, and Cain was in a struggle. He was caught between good and evil. He had to make some choices. And God came to Cain and said, listen, sin is crouching at your door. It's going to devour you. You better listen to me, because if you fall into this sin, you're going to do something horrible. Cain didn't listen to God, and what did he do? He killed his brother Abel. Come over a few more chapters into the book of Genesis. Noah, a great story. If you grew up in church, you heard about Noah building his ark. Can you imagine the story? Noah had to listen to God and go out there on this crazy idea in a field where it had never rained and build a boat because he's going to live in it. And you know the story. My only point is that Noah had to listen to God, right? And we could go on down through the Scripture throughout the Old Testament. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, the book you read to be wise, it opens and it says over and over again, Hear, listen to my words. Heed my words, hear my words. So from uh, Moses to Malachi, there are lots of stories where God comes to people, he speaks to people, and they listen. Even children. You remember the story of Samuel, the great story. When Samuel is, wakes up in the night, he's not sure what's going on, he goes to Eli. Happens again and again. Finally, Eli says to Samuel, Samuel, I think God's trying to say something to you. Are you listening? The next time it happens, Samuel, just say, speak, Lord, your servant Hears. Your servant is listening. And even this young person, Samuel, heard the Lord speak. 
Now, when we come over into the New Testament, there's no change. Matthew says that when Jesus came, Jesus had three job assignments. He was a teacher, he was a preacher, and he was a healer. Two of those three involved speaking and listening. Often in Matthew, when Jesus told a story, a parable, Jesus would begin by saying, listen, and then he would tell him a story. And so this word is a great word this morning, the word listen. And I really don't think you or I can enjoy or experience Christmas if we don't listen to the Lord. And I'd like to talk for just a moment with you about that. Uh, Are we listening to the Lord? How well do you listen? In your uh, bulletin, there's an outline. If you care to follow along, I encourage you to turn uh, to that outline. And uh, the first question I want to ask is, how well do you listen? How well do you listen to anyone? How well do you listen to the Lord? Are you a good listener? How well do you listen? I've been... uh, reading a fascinating book, and it's on the brain, and I want to show you a video, and the point of the video is just to challenge you as a listener to think about how well do you listen. Let's watch this. Brain rule number nine. Sensory integration. Stimulate more of the senses. Watch this experiment. It's called the McGurk effect. Ba, 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 ba. What do you think he's saying? If you think he's saying da, 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 you are in the grand majority. But now, close your eyes and listen instead of watching. Ba, 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 ba. The voice is saying ba, ba, ba. Now, let's replay it without the sound. Yes, it's true. His lips are saying, ga, ga, ga. So how is it that when the lips are saying, ga, 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 and the sound says, ba, 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 that our brains read, da, da, da. The McGurk effect. It's an example of an auditory illusion. It's a great way to show that the accurate perception of information can involve the participation of more than one sensory system. In this case, vision with sound. We call it multimodal perception. The well, what do you think? Listening is not easy. And I know that and you know that. And the only point of that video is to help us realize that it's not easy to listen. Da, 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 or ga, 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 or, or whatever it is. Uh, effective listening is difficult. Now, as I ponder the story of Joseph, to come back to the Bible... As you think about Joseph and his dilemma, and as you think about Joseph listening, uh, he had quite a challenge. This whole story of Joseph, and he is a key figure in chapters 1 and 2 of Matthew, this whole story of Joseph raises a lot of questions, questions I cannot answer. However, there is one thing that's for certain about Joseph. Mark it down. He listened. He knew how to listen. 
And he is a great figure to lead us into the mystery of Christmas and to listening. He's a great example. Now, how about you? I don't know about you, but I can still remember my mom saying to me, Steve, are you listening to me? And then later, my wife saying to me, Steve, are you listening to me? And now it's Laura saying to me, Steve, did you hear what I said? Are you listening to me? You know, on and on it goes. Now, the truth is, I've often listened to people only to to leave. In fact, this may happen to you today. I hope you introduce yourself to someone you do not know today. We want to reach out and embrace new people, welcome our guests. So I hope that you greet someone today and you say, Hi, my name is Steve, and you meet them and they say, My name's Velma, and you walk away and then you're going to think, aren't you? Now, what did she say her name was? Minutes later, seconds later, you're going to wonder, were you listening? How often has someone given me directions and I'm driving along and I say, oh, what did they say? Turn here, turn there. Listening is not easy. So the first question today is a personal inventory. How well do you listen? If God was actually talking to you, would you actually get the message? Now, you've heard this before, but listen carefully. Are you listening? I know you believe you understand what you think I said, but what you fail to realize is that what you heard is not what I meant. Now, teachers, preachers, anyone who speaks publicly has had this happen to them. Someone says, you know, I really enjoyed what you say, and you say, well, you know, what did you hear? What did, what did you enjoy? And they say something, and you say, well, how did they get that? I had no idea. I didn't intend that. I didn't say that. I didn't mean that, but that's what they got. Maybe you've played that game where you're in a room and there are several people there and you whisper something in someone's ear, you know, a sentence or two, and then they pass it around and you wait after 10 or 12 people, you see what, what's coming out on the other end, you know, what's it that like now? It's difficult to pass on that kind of, you know, you've played the game. The only point is, listening is not easy. Joseph is an amazing person, and as you and I enter the mystery of Christmas, it'd be good to follow Joseph's lead and uh, to learn how to listen as he did. Now, another, qu- another question, back to uh, the questions, how well do you listen? And then the next question is, if you're listening, are you able to change your mind about something that's important, about something that matters to you? Imagine Joseph. He had to change his mind, and it's just a sidebar comment. It's interesting that the word divorce comes up in Matthew chapter 1. That's another issue, but uh, here it is, and Jesus will later deal with that. But Joseph was set on divorcing his engaged spouse, Mary. That's what he was going to do. He had already made up his mind. God spoke to him. He changed his mind on an important matter. And it took, I think, a huge leap of faith. So my question to us is that when we're listening to God about an issue, how easy or how difficult is it for you to change your mind and actually do something different than you had planned to do? Because that's what happened to Joseph. In fact, I think it happened to all of our Bible characters here in this story. You think of the shepherds, you think of the wise men, and you think of Joseph. I like what a a, a Methodist pastor and, and preacher wrote, William Willimon, said about Joseph. Mary may have been blessed among women, but Joseph was embarrassed among men. That's true. 
Joseph is an amazing person. He is called a righteous person in the Bible, and righteous people do not like unrighteous behavior. In fact, even unrighteous people don't like to get cheated on. And such was Joseph's case. This is a huge matter. How well can you listen to the Lord and change your mind? Joseph changed from decision, uh, a decision to divorce to a decision to marry. Now, I've jotted down some questions just to help us move down this road of how well do you listen and how well are you able to actually change your mind when God says or asks or pushes you to do something different than you had planned. For example, um, think of someone that you don't naturally love or maybe you're even repelled by that person, but what if God nudged you to actually love them? Could you change your mind from being unloving towards someone toward being loving just because God said so? Or, here's another one. Uh, Can you change your mind from punishment to forgiveness? That is to say, you're thinking about someone and uh, maybe it's in your power or maybe at least it's in your will and your, your mind is made up. That person should be punished. I'm angry towards them. You, you have all these feelings toward them. But God speaks to you and you think, oh, I'm supposed to forgive. Can you actually listen to God and change your mind in that kind of direction? Here's another one. Um, <laughs> If I was an actor, I'd be able to do this, but I, I'm not, so you'll understand. But um, can you change the tone of your voice? What I'm saying is that when you're really angry and you're upset and your volume's going up and up and up and the tension goes up in your home or in your workplace and you get louder and louder, and then the Proverbs come to you. A soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Can you actually change your tone of voice when God speaks to you and nudges you to move from being quiet and soft toward that direction, away from anger and violence, and uh, you understand? Can you change your mind? How easy or how difficult is it for you? Um, A couple others. If the Lord speaks to you, can you change your mind? It's tough. But when we look at the heroes of Christmas, think about them. The shepherds. They had to listen to the Lord, and they had to leave their flocks and go into town, and there they saw Jesus. The wise men that we looked at last week, they had to uh, follow that star, then they listened to Herod, then they got the directions to Bethlehem, they went there, they worshipped the young child, and then in a dream, they were warned not to go home the way they came, and they went home another way. They changed their minds. And here Joseph is able to change his mind. How well do you... Change your mind when the Lord speaks to you. And thank you, Ted. We're gonna. We've got backup. Um, the last question: When you are listening, the red light went out, Sherry. It's dead. Um, when you are listening and God says something to you, can you then follow instructions? Can you follow God's guidance? Um, this idea about following instructions is kind of tough, so if, you, if you'll indulge me, here's one, here's one more uh, thing to think about as you're listening. Let's look at another brain rule. It's going to upset some of you, but that's okay.
Attention. We know that people don't pay attention to boring things. That's brain rule number four. We also know that the brain is riveted to information with a high emotional content. But what do we know about the brain's ability to multitask? A highly valued talent you supposedly see in the office every day. Hey, dog. What's up? Danger and Company. Oh, hello, Mr. Cat. Your invoice number? Um. Uh. uh. Hello? Oh, hey, dog. What's up? Yeah, I'm just talking to dog online. Can you hold on a second? Danger and Company. Uh, yes, sir. I'm just finishing it now. Doggy dog. Hey, dog. What's up? Whitehead, I need that report. Dog, gotta go. Dog, got. I'm oh, sorry. Dog, gotta go. Dog, gotta go. Mrs. Cat. Mrs. Cat. Mrs. Cat. Whitehead. The fact is, multitasking is a myth. Our brains can't do it. You simply become less efficient and more distracted. Your error rate goes up 50%, and it takes you twice as long to do the same task. Listen to what Tim Jenkins has to say. He's the co-founder of Point B, a leading business consulting firm. Well, I think there's a fallacy out there that the, the folks that can multitask are more effective. There are times when it's just important to focus on one thing. I think we also give, need to give people permission to check out to check out of the communications network temporarily to get things done. Because when you're always on, when you're always online, you're always distracted, right? And the brain rule is telling us that that is a very unproductive mode to be in. And so the always online organization is actually the always unproductive organization. Well, there's more to this video, but I'm going to move back to Joseph. Uh, how well do you pay attention? How well do you focus? And the question I like there is, can you, can you think about one thing? And really, as we enter the mystery of Christmas, as we think about listening, we're asking the question, am I able to listen to God? Do I actually set aside all these other things that are going on in my life, and do I have points and places in my life when I actually listen to God and I respond to God? Joseph is a marvelous example to all of us. Joseph is a great man. I, en I enjoy studying about Joseph. Do you realize that in these two chapters in the Bible where he's mentioned, Matthew 1 and 2, Joseph never says a word? Not a word of Joseph is recorded in Scripture. And yet he is a giant of a man when it comes to listening to the Lord and obeying. Think of it. There are at least three major crises that we're told about in his life. And what's he do? If you had to get two words to capture Joseph, it'd be these words. He did. Read through the story for yourself. When he has this first crisis to move from divorce to marriage, he has the dream, and the Scripture says that after the dream, he did what the Lord told him. He married Mary. And then later... When there's the crisis, Jesus is actually born, and Herod's trying to kill Jesus, and so he's told to 
take the child and go to Egypt, and Joseph and Jesus and Mary become refugees in Egypt, the Bible says he got up and he did what the Lord told him. And then again, when they're in Egypt and it's safe to come back, God reveals that to him, and he did what the Lord told him. He just did it. And he's an amazing example to us of a man who was able to listen to God speak, and he would do it. Now, this morning, I want to ask you a question. Are you listening to God? How well do you listen? The Bible plainly says that Jesus stands at our heart's door and he knocks. He says, I want to come in. I want to be a part of your life. Have you actually invited Jesus into your life? Is there a point in time when you've said yes to Jesus? Come in, be my Lord, be my Savior. Have you done that? If not, why not do it today? Why not do it right now? Open the door of your heart and say, yes, Jesus, I'm listening. Come in. Save me. Forgive me. Be my Lord. In just a moment, we're going to have our prayer counselors here. You could come forward and pray with them, and they will help you in this matter of listening to the Lord and letting him into your heart. The Lord does speak. You can be sure of that. Is there something in your life that you'd say, if you were honest with me for a moment, Pastor Steve, this is really a distraction, like the guy picking up the banana thinking it was the phone. You say, this is just not working. And are there things in your life that just are not working, and you know it, and God's telling you to stop it, but somehow you resist, you're not listening, and you're not putting aside what needs to be put aside, and you just keep fumbling along, but it's not working for you. It's not a good life. Maybe today is the day you enter the mystery of Christmas and say, I'm, I'm going to put that aside. With Jesus' help in my life, I'm going to step forward into the mystery and live a different kind of life, a life of listening to God and doing what God wants. Maybe there's someone in your life that you need to forgive, and God's been pushing you towards that direction. Maybe you need to establish peace in the home or in a relationship, and you're just putting it off. You won't go to counselors. You won't seek out peace and healing why not today listen to the Lord and enter the mystery of Christmas? Listen. Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, make the abed soft, undefiled, within my heart that it may be a quiet chamber kept for thee. I invite you to enter the mystery of Christmas and to listen. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instructions and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. 
My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like people who look at their faces in a mirror and after looking at themselves go away and immediately forget what they look like. But those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do.